Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. And the Packers finally are in first place after a very surprisingly tough win over the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, 24-21. to A lot to talk about in this game, and really unexpected result in the way it happened, but the actual outcome was as expected. The Packers were able to win, and the Detroit Lions fell to the New England Patriots, so now the Packers alone in first place with five games to play. So obviously very exciting about that. Matt, we got to start with the end of last week's show, in which you... Namath-esque, guaranteed that the Packers would beat the Minnesota Vikings. So I guess, what do you have to say for yourself? That's right. Well, I, I don't think it was that uh, profound of a guarantee <laughs> against the Minnesota Vikings. It was a little closer than I thought, but I mean the whole time when it was close, and I, I think the Packers may have felt the same way. Maybe that's why it was so close. Yeah. But I kind of felt, you know, like the whole time they had it in hand that I was never too worried. I know you were freaking out a little bit. Um <laughs> But I, I just kind of always felt like they had it in hand, and I, I didn't trust Bridgewater to be able to go and win it. So I, mm-hmm. although it ended up only being a three-point game, I felt pretty good throughout. Well, I'll say the reason that I was freaking out about it is because this is the kind of game that the Packers have lost in the past. And to have the game where you got three minutes left and you have to run out the clock, the Packers haven't done that very many times in this most recent Aaron Rodgers era. And they've turned into the Wisconsin Badgers with 3.23 left and just hammered it down their throats. I thought for sure Minnesota would get the ball back. And in that second half, especially that last 10 minutes, they had shown almost no ability to stop the Vikings. And and really the whole game, Dom played his typical sit-back-and-wait game plan because, uh, as you pointed out during the game, that they had no fear of Teddy Bridgewater at all. So they were going to give him whatever he wanted. And that worked well for most of the game. But towards the end, Bridgewater was starting to see that there was available receivers underneath. He was moving the ball pretty effectively. And so I was worried that if the Vikings got the ball back, I thought they'd at least take it to overtime and maybe win it outright. And so to see them clinch the game with the running game exclusively, not one pass by Aaron Rodgers to ice the game was pretty remarkable to me and something we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, on, on your first point there with the defense, it, it was kind of a strange game plan. They were giving him everything, and he was missing all of his throws and just looked terrible. Um, and then in the second half, like you said, it seemed like it clicked a little bit. Everything that they got on offense, it seemed like we gave them and were willing to give them. Yeah. I mean, the completions were wide open, their touchdowns were wide open, and the two-point conversion was like the exact same play they oh, scored that was a touchdown so on at the end. <laughs> yeah. um, and just wide open. So it seemed like everything that they got, we just gave it to them. Um, and I, again, I don't know if that was part of the game plan to give these receivers so much cushion and just see if Bridgewater can can actually beat you, and he, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't look good, but his stat line ended up being pretty close to Rodgers other than that really terrible pick. Um, mm-hmm. And then the run game was awesome. I, I think Lacey had his best game of the, of the year last or uh, yesterday, just running really, really hard, and it just it's kind of that mid-season form we saw last year where he just sort of seemed to turn it on, and it's just plowing through people again. Yeah, made even more impressive by the fact that it came out today that he was suffering from the stomach flu yesterday. Wow, I didn't and, hear that. Yeah, and he was still able to to play as he did. He wasn't able to even talk to the media, and today they're still monitoring him because, um, according to Mike McCarthy, he has a GI illness, which I can under I can hear McCarthy saying that in my head as I as I read it. Um, 
but yeah, completely impressive. And this is the element that you got Eddie Lacy for. Is Aaron Rodgers certainly did not play bad yesterday, but he played the kind of game that has gotten the Packers beat against San Francisco a, n- a number of times and has gotten them beat by other good teams. So I think that it is the Minnesota Vikings. So you have to maybe bring down that enthusiasm a little bit. But if the Packers are going to make a Super Bowl run this year, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be rescued by somebody else on the team. And certainly yesterday he was not bad enough to need rescuing, but he was just another really good quarterback yesterday. He wasn't an unstoppable force like he had been the previous two weeks. And for the Packers to get a road victory against a familiar opponent when Aaron Rodgers is not tearing down the world all by himself is certainly something that I think this team can build on. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, a couple of years ago when you played the, the Giants in the divisional round, you're done with that kind of game from Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. which is almost exactly what we saw. It's just now you have somebody who can bail you out and actually put the team on their backs, whereas Starks, even in the year they won the Super Bowl where he played really well down the stretch, I mean, he wasn't exactly like breaking a couple of runs, a uh, couple of tackles per run. It was more mm-hmm. just, you know, nice blocking. He, he played very well, but it was not what we're seeing from Lacey where he can actually carry an entire offense, which could really be a huge difference down the stretch. Absolutely. And even just the growth through the season, the Vikings played the Packers' offense almost the exact same way that the Lions did in Week 3. And in Week 3, granted, it's different talent up front, but the Packers had no answer for it. Yesterday, they had an answer for it. And I think that if they played Detroit again, that uh, that answer would be a little bit different than it was in Week 3. Yep, agreed. So now the big game is coming up this next week when the Packers host the New England Patriots who look every bit like the best team in the NFL right now. Packers excluded, but I think the Patriots' resume is uh, much more impressive. They've pulverized all three other division leaders in the AFC, and yesterday they knocked Detroit from the ranks of division leaders by absolutely whipping them. And, man, we've seen Dom Capers and his defense is against elite quarterbacks, and I am not in any position to try to outsmart Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or even pretend that I could, but what is your confidence level that we're going to see anything different than what we've seen when Drew Brees comes to town or when Roethlisberger comes to town or Brett Favre or Kurt Warner, any of these other all-time Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks? Is there any reason to believe that Brady is not just going to tear this defense apart on Sunday? No, and I don't think so, and I, they seem like the kind of defense that could slow Rodgers down quite a bit, too, so I'm kind of 50-50 on this game. you got to like the Packers at home a little bit, and you think the Patriots can't keep this up forever, but they're just killing everybody. Yeah, I think they've played like four division leaders like the last four out of the last five weeks or something like that, and they've won by two touchdowns each time, I think, or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I mean, they're just steamrolling people, and we'll get to our picks later, but... Going into this week, it's I almost feel like the Matt Flynn game right now against the Patriots is I have no expectations <laughs> that the Packers are going to win this game, but it would be really cool if they did, and it would be a really nice win, but really I'm not going to be crushed if they lose it just because I think New England's that good right now. Yeah, and I agree, and I think uh, there's a good chance that you know if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, this is the team you're going to beat, and so, I mean, who cares? It's, uh, it's the whole... How good does New England feel about that Week 17 victory over the Giants in 20 or in 2007? You know, I mean, you want to get a feel for them and you want to win the game, but it's not going to be the end of the world. And the fact that Detroit lost to New England yesterday makes it not as important to beat the Patriots. Right. Uh, you just have to beat Buffalo then, which you know, <laughs> who knows? But 
Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers will be okay against this team because both Luck and Manning were able to move the ball pretty well, but they had some turnovers. And so Aaron playing at home and being so much more careful with the football than Andrew Luck and uh, unlike Peyton being able to play at home, I think that Aaron will be able to to move the ball against this defense. Uh, I don't know how the Packers are going to stop Gronkowski outside of inventing a time machine going back to 2009 and grabbing Charles Woodson and bringing him to 2014. Yeah. Uh, that's the part that scares me. I think who has the ball last is going to win, and uh, maybe you get an extra turnover there, but yeah, I really want to pick Green Bay in this one, and we'll get to that one later, but I can't formulate in my head how it could actually happen. Right. So we'll get into them a little bit more. This is going to be a little bit of an abbreviated podcast. Much like the Packers, we're looking towards next week, so we're just kind of, we're kind of just <laughs> moseying through this week. I wanted to bring up some other interesting things uh, that happened yesterday. Ryan Mallett actually is going to be out for the season for the Houston Texans, had an injury there, and I feel really bad for him. He, he was kind of coming on, but the thing that strikes again is the curse, uh, the curse of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would anybody sign Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kyle Orton? Because you could have Brett Favre in front of them, and somehow he's going to get hurt, and one of these guys is going to play. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> no matter where these guys go, no matter who they play behind, they always find their way back to the field. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I, I mean, they, they've still got a chance to make the playoffs. It's more of a long shot at this point after the loss yesterday, but it would have been kind of cool to see Mallet kind of carry that team. But mm-hmm. And I am not looking forward to seeing any Ryan Fitzpatrick's <laughs> game the rest of the year. It was kind of fun to see a different quarterback in there, but I guess whatever. Yeah, I, <laughs> Fitzpatrick's going to be around the league probably for another 10 years and keep playing. Well, of course, because as soon as he is a free agent, then like 30 of the 32 quarterbacks are going to get injured somehow. Uh, some kind of <laughs> he finds a way. Yeah. yeah, he'll find a way back for sure. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was Johnny Manziel getting in a big brawl this weekend. Did you hear about that? I did not. Yeah, him and his posse got approached by some. This is the Browns fans' take on it. We haven't heard Johnny Manziel's. Um, the Johnny Foot Brawl. This probably should be called, right? The fan apparently went up to Johnny Menzel and said how big of a fan he was, and I don't know if he was taken off guard by it, but eventually one account says that one of Manzel's posse punched the guy. Uh, another account says that the guy got into a little bit of a tussle with the bodyguards, and then the brother of the fan also got involved, knocked over Manzel, and then Manzel got back up and sucker punched him. So I don't know if I believe oh. those accounts, but... The Browns have acknowledged that something has happened here. And my question is, Brian Hoyer came very close to having a meltdown yesterday that cost them the game. He was able to have a very impressive drive at the end, but he is really starting to get to the point where you could justifiably put in Johnny Manziel, right. and then he goes and ruins it with something like this. Um, having not seen the story, just hearing my account of it, what is your reaction to this, and what do you do if you're the Browns, uh, given the weird situation they have at quarterback right now? Well, first of all, it sounds almost exactly like what happened to you and I when we were in Cleveland with Derek Anderson <laughs> just a few years ago. Oh, man, that guy. Uh, <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But we uh, <laughs> Almost happened with a Browns fan. That's true. That is true. Yeah. But, I mean, what a tool. Manziel is at this point. I just can't. I was I was a huge fan at AM and I was kind of excited to see him play. But it just how do you keep messing up like this? If I'm Johnny Manziel, I'm just sitting in my house every single night, <laughs> just waiting. Because like you said, he'd probably be starting. He may have gotten a chance on Sunday. He may have gotten a chance this week or the week after. 
I mean, Hoyer's not playing very well. So you're on a winning team that needs to keep winning, that is looking to make the playoffs, and their quarterback is their weak link right now. Yeah. You've got a chance to get in there and be a difference maker, and you screw up like that. It's just ridiculous. It's it's kind of one of those things you just don't understand how these people can do. Like the Josh with Josh Gordon, the same team and everything, I guess, but these guys that just keep screwing up over and over again, and they just don't seem to learn until it's too late. Yeah, and... Today, at reading that account, and like I said, take it with a grain of salt because it was from the uh, person who was on the opposing side of the brawl from Manziel, but it just made me wonder that if a few more of these things happen, and if the Browns win in spite of Hoyer, is there a chance that Johnny never sees the field in Cleveland? I mean, that would be a little strange, but I can't even think of anybody that's close to him right now in terms of just keeping screwing up and... Yeah. I don't know, Todd Marinovich maybe, where you just never can trust that he can be your guy and he gets a few chances and flashes and then he screws up again. Um, I don't know. I, I think it would be a shame if he never saw the field, but I don't know. I, 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 for one, am not that convinced he would be that good anyways, but I certainly would rather him flame out on the field rather than off the field. Right, and yeah, I think it's possible he might not see a snap with the Browns ever. It seems highly unlikely when Hoyer's the guy in front of you, but if you, I think he'll eventually get a chance to play somewhere, but like you said, you never know. I mean, if he keeps doing stuff like this, he's probably just going to sit on the bench for a few years, and then nobody's going to want to take a chance on him. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely got to turn things around. He's probably not blowing people away in practice if he hasn't gotten into the games yet either. Yeah, and... You know, I, I don't think his teammates are probably going to be going to bat for him if these types of things continue. No, a rookie that they've got to answer questions about, they probably don't care. Well, they'd probably much rather have a quiet Hoyer starting than not have to worry about Manziel on the bench. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A guy who's, what, does he have, even have more than two pass attempts all season? No, I don't think so. All right, well, let's uh, talk about, uh, let's do our Week 13 picks here. Um, I haven't made mine yet, so I'll just kind of do I them off. I have not. The I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. Oh, so let's just do them off the cuff. It'll be even better that way, right? That's right. Okay, so on Thanksgiving, the NFL's new scheduling policy has determined that America hates the AFC and has given us three (laughs) NFC games. Uh, We'll start with a very important one, Bears at Lions. If the Bears are somehow able to upset the Lions here, um, I hate to say that the division race is over, but that gives the Packers a huge edge going forward. Yeah, and I don't think they do. I'll I'll take Detroit (laughs) here. I think Chicago, they still play in Chicago this year, correct? Yes, I think that might be the game I pick them in, but right now Chicago just looks so bad, barely beat Tampa, but I know Detroit got stomped, but they're so much better than Chicago right now. I can't see Cutler doing anything against that defense. Yeah, and the cure to the horrible Lions offense right now is the even horribler Bears defense. Yeah. So I think this is where they get back on track. I was floored that the Lions weren't able to score a touchdown in either of the last two games. Yeah, you, like five field goals total, I think. Yeah, you'd think throwing five Hail Marys in the direction of Calvin Johnson would at least get you one touchdown. Um, so I'd be curious to see how they were playing. Um, who did they play? Oh, the Cardinal game. So we weren't able to watch either of those because the Packers were on at the same time, but... Um, yeah, I don't understand why that offense is just so bad right now. Uh, but that that bears, I think Jay Cutler might get sacked ten times in this game. Yeah, probably. So I'll take the Lions if I hadn't said that already. Eagles-Cowboys, another matchup of teams almost in first place. Um, I think tied for first place in the first of two meetings in this one. In Dallas, who do you got in this one? I'll take Dallas in this one. I like them a lot more right now, I think, with uh, with Sanchez starting for the Eagles. I think they could maybe even run away with this one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, if they, 
if they're disciplined, which Jason Garrett seems much better at this year, and they actually run DeMarco Murray, I think that they can beat up on this Eagles team. And uh, Sanchez, what, he had one touchdown in a game where they scored like 42 against a horrible Titans team. So I think the shine has come off of him very quickly. Um, so I like Dallas in this game. And then a very nice game to end Thanksgiving. The Seahawks and 49ers in San Francisco, first of two matchups in this game. San Francisco quietly has the second longest winning streak in the NFL right now uh, at three games tied with the Packers. And Seattle looks to be uh, off and on every week, but they looked really good yesterday against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Who you got? Yeah, this should be a really good one. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I think I'm going to take Seattle on the road. It's a tough one, but I guess I think the teams are so similar, and I trust Wilson a little bit more than I trust Kaepernick. I think it'll be a really good one, but uh, I'll, I'll take Seattle on the road. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a low-scoring game. I'm actually going to take the Niners at home. Uh, I'm not sure why, but Seattle has just been so lethargic on the road. It's had such difficulty scoring, and I don't think that 49er defense is going to make it easier on them, and they're starting to get a little bit healthier. So I'm going to take San Francisco, for the very least, to make it interesting so we don't make all the same picks. Sure. Real quick, before we move on to the Sunday games, I had a little mini crossfire question that I wanted to debate with you, and I guess we'll just insert it right here. What is the better Thanksgiving tradition, the NFL on the actual Thanksgiving Day or the college football Thanksgiving weekend, which is typically the best rivalries all spread out over three days? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll take the college football. I I think I just have a lot of really good memories with that. Like, you're, you're home on the weekends. You're, we used to, you know, put up Christmas lights and stuff, watching mm-hmm. college football. And I know I know last year I did, like, a holiday run, and I got home, and I watched the end of that Alabama-Auburn game, which oh, is, yeah. like, the craziest finish ever. It's just so many cozy games and some really good <laughs> historic games. I think I'll go with – I love the NFL on Thanksgiving Day, but over the weekend you can kind of focus a little bit more on it where, where Thanksgiving you're doing other things. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, actually, and same here. I absolutely love the NFL on Thanksgiving, but as I wrote this down, I thought for sure I would say the NFL, but then I was, you know, we're younger, obviously, than, than some longtime fans, but we're, I was hard-pressed to think of that many really memorable NFL games on Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, the Packers have had some because they're in it, but none of them were all that great. They had that, you know, that Jason Garrett Packer Cowboy game in 94, but you know, that was a, a long time ago. 98, where they had the coin toss mess up against Pittsburgh and then Randy Moss destroying the Cowboys. But outside of those games, I don't have a ton of very standout memories from Thanksgiving outside of a play here and there. Whereas the college football weekend, some of the best games ever have been that weekend. Especially the, what they had the Cam Newton Iron Bowl, I think, was that weekend. Last year's Iron Bowl was absolutely phenomenal. There was a string there when Matt Flynn was the quarterback and when um, Darren McFadden was at Arkansas, where that game was awesome, like every yep. single year. And so, yeah, I'm going to take the college one. I love uh, the rivalry aspect, and I do like now that the Big Ten season continues to that point. So this week we'll have Wisconsin and Minnesota, which should be a real good one. Is Ohio State-Michigan this weekend as well? I believe you're right. Yeah, it is as well. Although that should be a one-sided Yeah, this year, this year it doesn't matter, but that's always been, you know, throughout our childhood and growing up was always a great one too. Yeah, absolutely. Week, uh, I guess a week 13 bonus pick. We'll go to the college football ranks. Badgers and Gophers, the winner is the Big Ten West champs in Camp Randall. Who you got on that one? 
I was sure the Badgers were going to walk away with this one until I watched more of the Gophers last weekend for like the first time this year. I actually got to watch them play, and they looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Wisconsin's going to win, but I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it could come down to the wire, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that game too. It's nice that that rivalry's back a little bit, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Minnesota still hasn't won in what eleventh contest or whatever, but it's and this could very well be the year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, absolutely. I feel really good that the ba- the Badgers were able to have that game at Camp Randall this year. Because the Badgers are a different team at Camp Randall. I mean, they can play with anybody in the country if they get to play them at home. And to tell you the truth, I was incredibly impressed with Joel Stavi on Saturday. I thought he had a yeah, yeah gutsy game. He had some he had a, what an all-out blitz where he threw it off his back foot to Melvin Gordon. I mean, that's probably the best pass I've ever seen Stavi throw. And then the uh, was able to. Of all people, you're expecting a Badgers to run for a first down to ice a game. It wasn't Melvin Gordon or uh, uh, it, it was Joel Stavi. So uh, I'll take the, the Badgers at home. And then the Packers and the Badgers can have the clean sweep of Minnesota for 2014 right. again. So that's always fun. Getting to Sunday now, the Browns at the Bills. Uh, who do you got in this one? I'll take the Browns. I'm not a huge believer in either of these teams, I guess, but I I don't trust Orton in that offense at all. I'll, I, th- I guess Cleveland. It's a tough one, though. I'm going to take Buffalo because they're at home. Yeah. The, the Browns won last week, so it seems like it's time for them to lose. Uh, I I guess I don't know. Atlanta stinks, so it's hard to be too impressed with what the Browns did yesterday. But then again, Buffalo is probably going to be disjointed for at least the next couple of weeks. They had the giant snowpocalypse that caused their game to be moved to Detroit tonight, and now they're really, really worried about flooding because if you have seven feet of snow and then all of a sudden it's 60 degrees, you know, that water's got to go somewhere. So we'll see what happens with them. I feel real bad for that whole community right now, but um, I think the Bills will will beat the Browns. Chargers at Ravens in what could be a decent-ish game, although I don't know what the heck happened to San Diego. Yeah, I think Baltimore has supplanted uh, San, or, uh, yeah, San Diego is my uh, I'm, other way around. San Diego has supplanted Baltimore as a team I have no faith in anymore, <laughs> and I think Baltimore is actually pretty good now. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't picked pro-Baltimore at all early this year, but they're finally selling me on them, and I think San Diego just stinks. Mm-hmm. So I'll take Baltimore at home. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to agree with you. San Diego just is brutal right now, and they were lucky to beat the Rams yesterday. Almost lost at the end. They, I don't know how that could happen because at five and one they looked like one of the best teams in the league, and now they are in a total free fall. Um, they, who did they beat? In those, since that five and one start, I think the Raiders are the only team they beat, and they bought, beat them twice. Just barely. Yeah, and so, yeah, no, no confidence at all in San Diego. The Panthers at Vikings. Speaking of a team I have zero confidence in, the Carolina Panthers back playing. Um, I'll pick first this time, I guess. I think Minnesota will beat Carolina. I know they're coming off a bye, but that team just looks like they stink. That defense is horrible. They can't stop anybody. And Cam Newton has looked terrible this year. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you, but I think I'm going to pick Carolina. I, I just okay. I, I don't like Cam Newton at all, but I still trust that offense more than I do this Vikings offense right now. I think both defenses are bad, and I, I guess I think Carolina maybe will put up a few extra points. Sure, that's fair enough. The Bengals at Buccaneers, and the Bengals coming on strong lately. I'll take them to win this game uh, for no other reason than Tampa is terrible, and I think Andy Dalton has looked better the last two weeks. Yeah, agreed. I think even if Andy Dalton has a classic Drop down game where he plays terrible. I think they still beat Tampa. I don't know if I don't know if Tampa stands a chance here, Cincinnati. 
Yeah, speaking of two great teams, Titans at Texans, um, the return, Ryan Fitzpatrick can get some revenge on the Tennessee team that he played for and somehow, through voodoo, got their quarterback injured and was able to play last year. Yeah, I, I wish this game was in Tennessee because I really want to pick the Titans, but I, I just don't think I can. I think they've got a shot here to win. What have they got, one win this year or something? I haven't been paying too much attention. Maybe two? Tennessee, I have no idea. Who's their quarterback, yeah, who, Vince Young? Nobody knows. Yeah. Well, they had a pretty decent game. I mean, Delaney Walker had like 150 yards receiving yesterday, but... They're 2-9. and nine. Two and nine, okay. I I guess I'll take Houston. I like their defense, and I, I don't like anything on Tennessee's team. Yeah, they beat Kansas City week one in Kansas City in, like, the biggest shocker of the That's year, right. maybe. And then uh, they beat Jacksonville by two back in October 12th, and they have not won since. So, yeah, I will take Houston there. I think they could line up nobody at quarterback, and they have a reasonable shot against Tennessee at home. Yep. Uh, that team stinks. All right, Redskins at Colts. Um, ooh, RG3 versus Andrew Luck. Is there any chance RG3 can win? No chance. I'll take the Colts. <laughs> Are you finally sold that RG3 is not exciting at all because he can't do anything? Yeah, I. that's so. That's not sad because he was just very fun to watch in 2012. But, yeah, he's he's terrible. Uh, so I'll, I'll take Andrew Luck. Unless he throws five interceptions, I don't see how the Colts lose this game. The Giants at Jaguars. The Giants were a team that I picked to have a bounce back year this year. They've had a brutal schedule, but I was shocked today looking at the standings and realizing that they have lost five in a row. And they've played some tough teams, but I guess I feel like they're better than three and eight. And uh, they get a chance to maybe improve upon that record at Jacksonville. Will they do it? Yeah, I think so. They're bad, and Eli makes a lot of bad choices, but I... I don't think that Jacksonville will force those kind of bad decisions. And obviously, after what we saw last night, Odell Beckham is one of the best young receivers in the game. Yeah, that was an amazing um, catch he had yesterday. Yeah, and not to mention just his entire game last night, too, which is being lost. He just had an incredible game. He had a touchdown yeah. before that one, too. Mm-hmm. And I think he might even be the best player on the field in this game, too. So yeah. um, maybe just because of that, I'll take New York. Yeah, and I'm really glad that I drafted Odell Beckham in our fantasy league because I was sure he was going to be a real solid rookie. And then uh, I got cold feet and dropped him, and then Victor Cruz got hurt, and now he's like going to be rookie of the year. So. I think a lot of people are on board with you there because I don't think he started for like six weeks, right, because he was hurt or something like that. So. Yeah, there was something going on with him, but he he did nothing. Like I don't think he he didn't play half the games, and when he did play, he'd have like no catches. So yeah, I think a lot of people gave up on him and. And so, yeah, I don't feel that bad about that. But I think the Giants will beat the Jaguars. Jacksonville is awful. All right, Saints at Steelers. And uh, I guess it's a good game. I'm not sure about either of these teams. Yeah, I guess I believe in Pittsburgh a little more at this point, surprisingly. Um, and they're at home. I guess maybe that's the only difference here. I, maybe tonight's game will, will change my mind a little bit if they can stomp the Ravens or something. But I, I like Pittsburgh here. Yeah, if the Saints lose tonight, I think it's kind of over for them. They're what? done. Yeah. Well, you can't say that because of their yeah. division. But. but they'll be 4-7, and seven and they will have lost, what, three home games in a row? Yeah. I mean, that's insanity and makes that Packers loss look even worse. But it is what it is. I'll take, mm, yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh at home, I guess. The Saints aren't very good outside on grass. Rams at Raiders, or Raiders at Rams. So the old battle of L.A. Uh, over two teams that absolutely nobody cares about. Although the Raiders rose up and were able to get a victory against Kansas City that both of us foresaw but didn't have the guts to pick. <laughs> uh, this is a tough one. I I guess 
I want to pick the Raiders, but I, that Rams defense is pretty good. I, I don't think the Raiders offense can do much against them. I, it'll probably be like six to three, but I'll pick the Rams. Yeah, this feels like a game that the Rams lose. That, yeah, you would think this is the one that the Raiders could maybe catch one. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. Oh, I've picked the Raiders so many times. I can't do it. I gotta take the Rams. Uh, feel the upset, definitely uh, the potential for it, because the Rams are just. They get themselves up to play these quality opponents, and then they just stink when they're playing yep. teams they should beat. Um, so, but the Raiders are even worse. So I'll take the Rams. Cardinals at Falcons. I will pick this game. You know what? I'm actually going to take Atlanta because I don't think that that Cardinals offense two kind of prayer passes to Michael Floyd. Notwithstanding, that offense has been pretty awful since. Uh, Carson Palmer got hurt, and I think that the Falcons are getting a little bit better. It's going to be tough against that defense, but I think they can win this game like 9-6. to six. Yeah, the remedy for your, your offense is definitely the Falcons' defense, though. So uh, <laughs> That's true. The Cardinals always find a way to win games. The Falcons always find a way to lose games. I'll take the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I'll stick with my pick, but gosh, now after you said that, I just <laughs> very very little confidence. All right, the Sunday night game, a very good one. Broncos at Chiefs, and uh, the Broncos looked shaky again yesterday, but were able to beat a pretty good Miami team, and uh, Kansas City obviously coming off that loss to Oakland, but they'll be at home, they'll be on Sunday night, and I guess as far as the division is concerned, it's now or never for Kansas City. Will they get it done? Uh, I wish I had an injury report for Denver. If I knew if Julius Thomas was playing, I'd might sway my whole decision here. I'm going to go with the upset and pick Kansas City at home, I think, here. Mm-hmm. I, they just barely beat Miami, and I think Kansas City's a pretty comparable team, and I think they'll take care of the football. And They're, they're so good at prime time at, at home, it seems like. So Other yeah. than the Thursday night game last week, I guess. Uh, maybe <laughs> but they were on the road, though. I'll, I'll pick the Chiefs. Yeah, did you hear about Eric Berry today? I did not. Um, he, got, he was having chest pains, and they... They took an MRI or something, and they found some kind of growth, and they're worried he might have some form of lymphoma, um, which I definitely goes without saying. We hope that's not the case. That it's kind of strange. You don't really hear about that a whole lot for whatever reason with NFL players. You don't really hear about cancer a whole lot. Yeah, and, you know, I was like, I don't know. I mean, cancer is a weird thing. I don't want, really want to get into it because it's not a fun subject to talk about. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys, and, you know, you, you got to think it just by sheer numbers that it's bound to happen every now and then. Yeah, but I can't think of anybody. I don't know if you can. Uh, you know what? I, I, I can't really either. Um, yeah, the only – what? well, Steve Gleason, he had that kind of the Lou Gehrig's disease, right? Yep. Yeah. Correct. So, um, yeah, but obviously we hope the best for him. I'll uh, – you know, and I'm actually going to take Denver here. I think that – I don't know. I, I think Kansas City, if Denver actually plays good offensively, I, I just don't think Kansas City can keep up with them. And so at this point, I don't believe that, can, I, in theory, Kansas City should be able to beat the Broncos. But I uh, I guess I I need to see it before I think it can happen. And sure. for the Chiefs, I was just thinking, even if they win this game, they need San Diego probably to beat Denver if they're going to win that division, just because that loss to the Raiders really throws them up. Yeah, that kills them. I mean... They looked so good the week before that, and to just throw away a game like that is disappointing. Not that I'm a Chiefs fan or anything, but it almost hurts as just a a sports fan to see you just throw away a game against a garbage team like that. Yeah, one that's going to cost you, you know, a lot as far as the playoffs are concerned. Yeah. All right, Monday Night Football, fantastic matchup. Dolphins at Jets. 
Um, I'll pick this one, having not seen the Jets this week, but who really needs to see them? Everybody knows the Jets are terrible. And I've said this multiple times, and yesterday even more so confirmed it, that Miami is a much better team than they were last year. And I hate when we use cliches on this show, because cliches drive me nuts. But they're a team that's going to be better than their record, and they might be worse than they were last year record-wise, but are probably a better team. And I think that actually holds true for this team. They've had some really tough losses. They've played some really good teams and almost beat all of them, if you think the Packers and the Broncos and the Detroit Lions. So I think they'll beat the Jets pretty handily, and I really like this Miami team, and I hope they can somehow find a way to sneak into the playoffs. But I think at 6-5, and five, that's going to be a rough, rough goal. Yeah, yeah, Miami wins this game. I, I agree. It's they seem like that classic team that just hasn't figured out how to win games yet. And then next year, if you know if Tannehill keeps playing well, they'll probably get to that point and mm-hmm. um, and make the playoffs. But if you, like you said, they played all those teams tough, but they just couldn't quite do it at the end there, and that's mm-hmm. the difference. So it, it's going to stink to watch them miss the playoffs, but it, it'll probably happen. But hey, they beat the Jets on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, that's something. I think. <laughs> That'll be their NFL yearbook showcase game uh, yep. next summer. Yeah, and really, gosh, thinking about it, not only did they play those teams tough, they had them beat. They had all three yeah, of the teams beat that I mentioned. So, yeah, it's got to be frustrating to be a Miami. Both Miami Dolphin fans are probably really frustrated this season. <laughs> all right, and then the big game, the Patriots at the Packers at Lambeau Field. We talked about that earlier, and I'll, uh, I think you should still tune in to KZ Radio this week, but uh, just due to scheduling and uh, another huge snowstorm, we weren't able to uh, find a time when we could have the Green and Gold Forever preview on KZ Radio this week. So I wanted to mention just some of the things um, for this game. And the Packers are hosting Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, just my weird stat of the week is that the Pat- Packers are only 10-14 and 14 against Super Bowl winning quarterbacks at Lambeau Field all time. However, a lot of those were the pre-Brett Favre years where you didn't have to be super in any regard to come beat the Packers at Lambeau Field because they stunk for years and years. Since Brett Favre became the quarterback, the Packers are 9-6 and six against Super Bowl winning quarterbacks at Lambeau. Yeah, I was going to say that the NFC teams won the Super Bowl like every year in the 80s and early 90s before Favre got there, so they probably <laughs> played those teams at home almost every year and lost almost every year. Yeah, a lot of losses to Jim McMahon, a lot of losses to Joe Montana, so yep. I think that hurts it a little bit. And Rodgers has never started against the Patriots. It's the only team he's never started against, and... If McCarthy is able to beat New England, he will have beaten 30 of the 31 possible teams he could have coached against. Do you know the team he is yet to beat outside of New England? <sighs> I feel like if I had like 20 minutes, I could figure it out. <laughs> but I'm not going to waste everybody's time trying to think about it. No, I don't know. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's only had two shots at him, but he lost both of them. So, did you say he's only? Oh, duh. It's like didn't you say he's only beaten thirty? They can't beat themselves. So yeah, well they've done that a few times, but yeah, uh, that's true. Not not officially. So they've beaten thirty-one of the thirty-two teams. Correct. And one last thing. This was my other tip I was going to have on the radio. It doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots, but the Packers are in sole possession of first place after eleven games. Every time they've ever done that in the history of the franchise, they've gone on to win the division. So. They've never had a meltdown at the end of the season. So hopefully this isn't the first year, but that's definitely a good sign uh, if franchise history has any indication of that. So that's no no reaction to that? You, you think uh, that'll happen again this year? I do. Okay. Well, I don't trust the Lions at all. <laughs> I think the Packers could lose a couple more and they'll still get it. Yeah. Well, and the way they played yesterday, I'm a little bit 
worried about the Packers in Buffalo and Tampa. I, I sure. guess, I don't know, it's always weird on the road, but we'll see. Let's pick this darn game already. Patriots at Packers, who's going to win? I guess, reluctantly, I'll pick New England. I, it's not really anything against the Packers either. I think they're playing well right now. I just, if New England's playing the way they're playing, and it's not like it's been one or two weeks, they've been just doing it for, what, five or six straight weeks, just killing people. I think they're just on right now. I don't think at the end of the year we will be saying the same thing. I think the Packers could take them out in a Super Bowl-type scenario. But mm-hmm. right now, New England's as hot as it gets, and I don't know how you beat them. And it's not even like I'm picking New England and being like, oh, gosh, Eric, you know, I just <laughs> I just don't want to do this. But it's just like I'm not even that upset about it. It's just yeah. you're running into an absolute buzzsaw right now. And I think even if you lose, you're still on track to make the playoffs and win the division and still finish right at the end. So mm-hmm. I'll take New England, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to be the stupid homer for once, and I'm just I'm going to take wow, the Packers. Wow, this is probably the first time in Green <laughs> Bowl forever history that this has happened. I, I bet you it is. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been almost unbeatable at home in the regular season. He's got like two losses in the last 35 games. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I know they haven't beaten a team as good as New England, but he's beaten Drew Brees twice when they were really cooking. And he beat the Eagles. And I just think that I don't trust that New England defense to be able to slow Aaron Rodgers down that much. And I think at home you have some weird things happen. And I I know it's November, and so the Patriots are always great in November. But before we crown the Patriots this unstoppable buzzsaw, Think of how many absolute dogs they've had on the road in the playoffs. I mean, that Denver defense last year was atrocious, and New England played against them like they were the Seattle Seahawks. And so I'm not putting it past them to just completely fall apart on the road. Uh, I don't know how they're going to cover Gronk. I don't know how they're going to slow down that defense, and I'm not sure how they're going to pressure Tom Brady. But I think that if Aaron Rodgers has an Aaron Rodgers-type game, they themselves can put enough pressure on that Patriots uh, offense where Brady starts eating sacks. Maybe they get a couple of turnovers and uh, somehow win like a 38-35 to 35 type game. Sure. I, I mean, just in regards to the Patriots, it just seems like they're so good right now that they're just messing with people every week. It just yeah. seems like whatever they want to do, like three weeks ago, they'll just beat you throwing it to Brandon LaFell a hundred times. Or the week after that, they'll just, they can do whatever they want, but they'll hand it to Jonas Gray for four touchdowns because it's hilarious. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then just yeah. yesterday, they... Put LeGarrette Blunt in the lineup, but he scores two touchdowns and runs for a bunch of yards. It's almost like they'll just see, like, what way can we humiliate this team this week, and they always find a way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, part of me thinks, why not just lay down, not lay down, but just, you know, let's save some stuff, because New England in the playoffs, they're the 90s 49ers right now, where they just look like nobody can stop them, and then they get to the playoffs, and for reasons nobody can explain, they can't score 24 points. I mean, they, yep. they, they score 13, or they score 10. And so I'm like, yeah, go ahead, take the November game, it won't really hurt us, and we'll see you in Arizona, and then we'll just knock your pants off, you know. Or, yeah, or they'll get upset in the playoffs by somebody because they can't score points, and you yeah. won't even have to worry about them or something. There's one thing I know for sure. Knock your pants off is not a phrase anybody's ever used. And, I, <laughs> and, and so I hope the Patriots keep their pants on, but the Packers score more points. Yep. Okay. All right, so I don't really have anything else for Green and Gold Forever this week. A little bit of an abbreviated version, and uh, next week we'll have a lot to talk about in one of the best games that's going to occur in the entire league uh, this year. 
If you want to get in contact with the show, you can contact us on our Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast. You can always tweet at us at Green Gold For or no Green Gold Forever. That's the number four. Uh, we tweet on there. Or I tweet on there during the games. And also, you can email us, greenandgoldpodcast at gmail.com. I think Corey Ben sent us something that we'll get to in a future episode, that method, so that's always good. And normally, as I alluded to before, you can listen to us for the Green and Gold Forever preview on Friday on KZ Radio. I picked the Packers this week, so if you're counting Ty and my uh, picks, I don't know if he's going to mention that, but Ty is going to pick the Patriots, so I got a chance to make up some ground on him. So tune into that anyways. I mean, you're going to be shopping. You're going to be elbowing people, probably punching people for TVs. You can at least hear some great 80s and 90s music while you're doing that on Friday. So I definitely recommend that. I guess, again, I can't find a way to wrap up the show, but Matt, what are you most looking forward to about Thursday? Is it football or what uh, which type of food are you looking forward to the most? I'd say it's looking forward to hanging out with you. Oh, I'd say. look at this guy. But yeah, turkey is... It's always great. <laughs> I would agree. I, I'm real pumped to, uh, we're gonna be down there on Thanksgiving and, uh, the night before, so that should be a lot of fun. And, you know what, I really, really want some stuffing. Cause I don't think I ever get stuffing any other time of the year. That's true. Yeah, it's a one time of year type deal. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna stuff the plate with stuffing for sure. And then knock the pants off, I think, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright, I'm gonna add this. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Travel safely. Have a great time. Watch tons of football for about five straight days. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.